Join me, Professor RPG, as I sit down with friends, colleagues, and special guests as we reminisce and discuss role-playing games that left their mark on us. Expect to see all sorts, from western style to Japanese and even tabletop. So stay a while and listen, and let us trigger those memories of tales long since completed. Relive that fantasy you hold dear, and come along with us, adventurer, on this quest into the past. Welcome to the RPG University. Only one of us can leave this room. The stronger one will destroy Van. This isn't about hyper-resonance or who or who isn't a replica. As two of Van's pupils, we're going to find out who's stronger. Who's the real Luke. This is a fight to settle who we are. We're both real. You and I are two different people. Shut up! This isn't about logic. You cannot possibly understand how I feel. You stole my past, my future. Now is all the time I have. Now is all I have, too. I don't even have a pass to lose, but I've still decided that I'm me. It doesn't matter what you think. Here I am. If that's the strength you're talking about, then I won't lose. Well said. I will make those words your last REPLICA! Class is in session, and this week I'm joined by guest professor and an expert on phonon research, all the way from the Rusty Rupee podcast, Mr. Darren Simmons Jr. Welcome, Darren. How's it going, dude? I'm going well, surviving in these trying times and staying afloat. Thank you for having me, sir. Thank you for having me. Well, it was such a blast having you on the Final Fantasy special episode. I had to have you back in your own one-off, and when you said you loved Tales of the Abyss, as a fellow Tales head... I had to have you on to talk some abyss about replicas and phonons. So thank you so much for accepting my offer. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time since I've had a chance to really dwell on this weebery that I blasted the theme song more than I can count. Uh, Bump of Chicken Man, the the group that sang, uh, that performed this intro, absolutely killer. Karma is the name of the song by Bump of Chicken. Highly recommend you check it out if you have not already, listener. Instrumental or vocals. Yes. Either or. It's amazing. Correct. Correct. Real quick, slight side tangent, which also wraps into you being on the Final Fantasy VII episode. Have you watched the fan-recreated anime intro featuring uh, Bump of Chicken, but with uh, Final Fantasy VII characters? I have, and it was amazing. <laughs> One of my so favorite... Good. YouTube videos like fan creations, absolutely, absolutely perfect. It's, it worked it's out gorgeous. far too well. Far it did. too well. It did. For someone that, and this was like early days YouTube, for someone basically just sketching over the entire intro anime, anime intro of Tales of the Abyss, drawing in the cast of Final Fantasy VII and more. So good. So the fact good. that they had Annis as um, Kate Sith and yeah. Mog as their giant uh, puppet monster. I'm just like, damn, that's good and it works. And Sid is Jade? Oh, yep. so perfect. So perfect. But yes, we are here to talk about a little game called Tales of the Abyss. 
Now, this originally released over in Japan on the PlayStation 2 on December 15, 2005. And in North America, we got it a little under a year later in October, on October 10th of 2006. Unfortunately, Europe wouldn't see this game until the later 3DS release in November 25th of 2011, a game that we ourselves got on Valentine's Day of 2012. But Japan got the 3DS port all the way back in June 30th of 2011. Such discrepancies. I know. I know. This was... Tales games like to come out first in Europe, I've found. It's kind of interesting. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. But other notable releases, because I initially played this on the PlayStation 2, so we're going to look at some other notable releases in the year 2006, the year I graduated high school, in fact. Hey, yeah, the year I started high school. <laughs> yeah, I'm old. Uh, really heavy-hitting year for the RPG genre, much like this year. Final Fantasy XII released, finally. My first Final a... Fantasy. That really? was my first one. That was my, that was my first step into um, one of my favorite series of all times. It's crazy. Uh, I love Twelve. I love, Same. love Twelve. It really grew on me, especially with the later releases of the international zodiac job system and zodiac age and all those so great game elder scrolls oblivion came out legend of zelda twilight princess final fantasy 7 dirge of cerberus came out i mean yay <laughs> yay uh-huh pokemon diamond and pearl released remake win yeah one day one day uh japan got mother 3 the sequel or kind of the next entry in the earthbound slash mother series that we are still waiting for over here in Man. the english speaking countries though <laughs> we do have that fantastic fan translation thanks to i think it's like starman.net or that that localization that fan localization group so check that out bless their hearts we got the gamecube got bait and kaitos origins the card based uh rp turn-based rpg made by i believe the chrono trigger folks well, a lot of the team that made Chrono Trigger went on and would eventually create Baton, or Baton, Baton Kaitos. And we got Disgaea 2 Cursed Memories for all your silly penguin, exploding penguin goodness. We love our printies around here. We do. Printies for life. Printies for life. So, Darren, where did you first kind of get your experience with Tales of the Abyss? Take us back to when you first played this game. Um, I first played this game back on PS2 as well. Um, I forget. I know that I totally used to bite off of my brother's birthday when it came to certain <laughs> titles. Um, I know for sure that's how Okami was one of the games that played. I'm like, oh, it's coming out. You should get it for his birthday. <laughs> um, but yeah, I played it back on PS2 at that time. The only other Tales game I want to say I had played both Symphonia by that point and. Tales of Legendia, also on PS2. Mm -hmm. I I'm pretty sure that came out before Abyss. Yeah. Um, and it was okay, because side-scroller, as compared, the battle system was weird. Um, but I want to say the thing that really got me, like we talked about already, was the opening. It just kind of just started off on such a bombastic note, where it kind of just instantly got you pumped to play. So good. Um, and I definitely did... The thing I love about the tales of series is that it is co-op and that you can play with other people. And so I know that me and my brother played through it together 
um, going through that story. And in retrospect, going back to look at the story and kind of freshen my mind up. God, Luke was whiny, but mm-hmm. his character growth was definitely a much needed thing. And to see him grow from just a pompous little asshole to realizing that he's bigger, that there's more to the world than what he is or who mm-hmm. he is. Um, it was definitely a nice, I want to say coming of age story. If, if oh, you put it that way. Very much so. Yeah. And by this point, I had, like I said, Final Fantasy twelve was my first Final Fantasy. And so I had nothing to go off of from Final Fantasy seven besides Kingdom Hearts cameos and watching Advent Children by that point. <laughs> uh, so now where I am now playing RPGs and just understanding different character nuances and everything, just seeing the parallels on how I could totally see that Tales of the Abyss could have possibly been semi-inspired by Final Fantasy VII, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but just seeing how... I think for me, that might have been one of the first times where I really kind of saw like how much politics can come into play in a storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, with just all these different warring factions going on, how this, how Kim Laska is at war with Malkuth, or just all these different nations crumbling over just just several different conflicts and then of course the church gotta love always, the church and anything church is it's always, always bad in an rpg always it's always just like bad. oh the church of yulia huh oh they're not villains at all hmm um but yeah it it was it was fun to see and then even though i had played prior tales games mm-hmm I think I just I just overall like the characters more, and especially Tear, sweet baby girl Tear. Mm-hmm. I love her and just see like you didn't just see Luke grow as a character; you saw other characters grow. Yeah, and that definitely stuck out to me, especially just the dynamic between Luke and Tear and how over time he messes up and was just a conceited asshole and just didn't want to take responsibility for a lot and saw mm-hmm. how that messed with his relationships with everybody that he slowly thought he built up but then by not taking ownership just you you had to see that he yeah. he realized that he needed to change as a person yeah stuck out a lot to me the character development and kind of evolution you see in this game especially from luke is i would almost say one of the more extreme examples of this in like all rpgs like they're he goes from such a crybaby, whiny, woe is me to it's good to see him like later on where he still has like little moments where he's whiny, but he realizes it mm-hmm. and he like you can see him growing and developing. It, it's it is a really good, like you said, coming of age story. Definitely. And then even though like as you play through the game, you learn why. Mm-hmm it still doesn't kind of excuse like characters in the game even after learning they're just like come on you're you're kind of being an asshole Mm -hmm. and the fact that he doesn't realize it or doesn't understand why everybody's getting on him you just you don't like him as a character at the start like at all you like everybody else surrounding him except for the main character and so to see see him slowly realizing oh i messed up 
I have mm-hmm. to do something or I just or I can't move on. Like it it played a heavy role. I almost feel that my biggest issue with how Luke acted was it just as blatant mistreatment of Mew. Like that's oh my. <laughs> still going back. That still is what irks me and like I hate the most. Definitely. And <laughs> This little cheagle, this little thing that just clearly loves him. It's just like, thanks, mm-hmm. master. It's just like, get off of me, thing. Like, he's such a dick. And everybody mm-hmm. sees it, too. And it's just like, that little thing loves you. And you just are yeah. not having any of it. And then to slowly see the relationship after after his character growth and he comes to accept <laughs> even yeah. you, was it's just like, good, good. This is... This is what we needed. And even, like, after things were said and done and he messed up and kind of fucked up the world, um, even Mew comes to his side then. She's like, hey, Master, Mm -hmm. I kind of messed up too, so I get how you feel. And he's still Mm -hmm. just like, no, you don't. And it's like, actually, I kind of really do. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, It's crazy. My first experience with Tales of the Abyss, I remember at this point, I had fallen in love with the series with Tales of Symphonia. I had rented, I want to say, Tales of Destiny 2 or Tales of Eternia in the West. Um, Mm -hmm. Prior to that, like, back on the PlayStation 1 days, and it never really grabbed me. But when I played played through Tales of Symphonia, like, I rented that back to back to back to back Mm -hmm. over and over until I beat it. And, excuse me, eventually I would go on to own my own copy, but that was the game that really solidified my love for the series. And I played some of Legendia, and I was like, uh, "This is side. This is from the side. This is weird. I'm kind of passing yeah, on this." Yeah, I think that's what everybody felt. And then the game, that game, got like, you got to a certain point where you're like, "Ew, there's more." Uh, yeah, okay. I I have my own issues with Legendia. A couple years ago, I replayed the entire Tales localized Tales series, um, and I still am not a huge fan of Legendia. But mm-hmm. um, when Abyss came out, I rented it, and I absolutely fell in love with it um kind of the more 3d being able to run around the the um the battle arenas from all the various i thought this game has such a good voice cast from yuri lowenthal as ash to jason young bosch as uh guy and so on absolutely fantastic cast of characters i just fell in love with it and i would go on to eventually get my own copy of this as well but i just i rented it over and over during my summer vacation uh well not summer vacation this came out in october but like in the fall and stuff because i took a break off between um high school and college just a semester so i had some time on my hands so i remember renting this and playing playing it a lot but can we talk about that battle system though yeah tails battle systems are awesome yeah they are uh, so weird ass names though I can't remember what this one's called it's like linear motion battle blibbity bloobity or something it yeah it's uh, name name names aside even just I think like how you said it, the 3d the 3d motion of things mm-hmm. and just being able to move around and having with it being a multiplayer like it's not often we get yeah multiplayer rpgs jrpgs at that 
Linear motion battle system is what it's called. Linear motion battle system. That so, sounds there you go. confusing. <laughs> but uh, like other JRPGs, their attack names will carry over mm-hmm. from game to game. But it's just the way that you can tie everything together mm-hmm. and then them setting up the um, FOF fields where if a magic user uses a thunder attack, it leaves a little field. And then if you use a certain move in that field, it will augment it to mm-hmm. change the attack up. It oh, so good. It This is... I think this is the start. Tales of the Abyss is like the start of more modern Tales of battle systems for sure uh i always say and i've gotten some pushback from other fans of the series when it's like oh what what tales game would you recommend i start with i've never played before and a lot of people it's like oh tales of symphonia tales of symphonia it's so good it's like it is i don't think it holds up nearly as well nowadays in terms of just gameplay like especially the combat as tales of the abyss does yeah um i feel like like Tales games, as much as I love them, it's they all of them. I feel like once you beat it, it's hard to go back and want to replay them. Mm. Um, but definitely for Symphonia, because I can't tell you how many times GameCube or the PS3 ports that it had gotten when I did try to go through it. Like initially, I'm just like, mm, I'm okay. I don't, I don't feel like mm-hmm. I need to go through this again. But Abyss, it definitely, like you said, it feels like the start of the more modern train mm-hmm. of Tales games, where you can feel. It's remnants, like if you go to Tales of Graces on PS3 or Tales of um, Zillia. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't played it, um, any of the modern ones like Zisteria or um, Berseria yet. Um, but you could feel for the ones that followed Abyss, you could feel the trend of what Abyss started yeah. and evolved from there. Mm-hmm. I think you feel even Berseria, Zesteria, the later ones. Zesteria kind of did some strange things, and Berseria reshuffled things as well by changing arts being assigned to the individual face buttons. But even so, you can still kind of feel some of Abyss's DNA in those battle systems a bit more than I feel like you can feel anything from Symphonia. So that's a lot of why I think Abyss is a great first Tales game. And then if you'd like that, go back, play Symphonia, play some of the older ones, experience more of that uh, 2D side scroll. Not side, it's not side scrolling, but you're like on a 2D plane battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, go back and experience from there. But um, yeah, I feel like Symphonia, pro- like overall, I want to say might have had a grander tale mm-hmm. than Abyss. Um, Abyss had a lot of politics going for it which all of them do to an extent Mm -hmm. but yeah symphonia definitely had a lot more of that mystic mystic side of things where it definitely leaned more into magic and like uh i forget what they were called but they weren't summons but like just just the magic element of things they really leaned into that where it felt Mm -hmm. like a grand tale and then it had what three discs on gamecube uh symphonia had two discs it was it had two yeah i don't know why i felt like it was more um but yeah it it just felt more grand as compared but abyss once you get into it and really just lean into what what the subject matter is it it comes together really nicely abyss abyss was much more 
personal, a much more of a personal story where, as like you said, Symphony is much on a much grander scale. It's like macro versus micro tales. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, there's still world ending things that are threatening everyone in Abyss, but it's so much more focused, I feel, on um, Luke's growth and coming of age tale and realizing who he is and how his place in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the biggest part. Like, yeah, it's definitely more personal where as compared to Luke's initial, everything is like, I'm the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And he slowly learns that I'm just a small piece of this world. I'm important in it. I've, I've learned that I'm important to it. And what I do will have consequences on the world, but it's not about me. Yeah. Um, breaking off a bit from Luke, the rest of this cast is our stars too. Uh, absolutely love pretty much all the characters from, like you mentioned earlier with Tyr, with Jade Curtis, the necromancer, this badass general of basically the opposing army that you uh, get picked up by. He's just, his intro is one of the coolest things in like Tales games, I feel like. He just comes and like blows shit up. Honestly. And like as soon as you meet him, he's just cool and collected, like, huh, okay. And he doesn't take any of Luke's shit either. Yeah. That's the no. best part about it. He's like, mm, okay, you're you're a whiny little dweeb. Yeah. I'm going to ignore that and keep doing my job. And his quips I... and his little like uh into Luke, like his uh, his offhand remarks are fantastic. Yep, just seeing those reactions is like, who is this dude talking to me like this? And it's like, is once again shows that you're not everything here, dude. Nobody cares. Yeah, and shot he, he can rock a Pac-Man belt, right? <laughs> Only the coolest, but most badass guys can rock a Pac-Man belt. Fact. And and just all these characters' impacts in the world, where it's like you might. They come off as their initial, just like yeah, like you said, he's a colonel in a in a enemy army. Guy is Luke's servant, but then you slowly find out, oh yeah, he's totally way more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, Annis, all Annis the stuff and Ion, with Natalie or Natalia, yeah. and her crazy backstory and how she's connected to uh, the God Generals and everything it's like every one of these characters has such a good kind of hidden backstory big plot twist reveal that it's just they're so good right and how tear like tear showing up initially coming to assassinate luke's master and then not not too much spoilers because you find out pretty quickly it's just like oh yeah by the way that yeah that was my brother that i was trying to kill what why (laughs) Wait, what? It's, it all just loops in, and as the story progresses, like you said, everybody has their inner. <laughs> to, I will say it kind of has a little bit of, not not to, the extent of, but very much like One Piece levels of backstory and character development, mm-hmm. or. It's just like, okay, here's this character on the surface. You have this cool general dude, and then you find out, oh, he's the start of this grand project <laughs> that could change the world. 
huh okay yeah it's like oh yeah tears from this village that that um pretty much is responsible for this and she's also one of the important people that could read Mm -hmm. you know the word of god or whatever yeah the song (laughs) of god in that in bessons the grand Um, hymn is amazing too by the way just throwing that out there yes it is completely agree um and then you have ion which is basically a sickly pope child sickly pope child for real um who actually is kind of cool like that whole story behind ion is is quite heart-wrenching as well um Mm -hmm. and all of the reveals between that goes into that are nuts as well but on the other side of the protagonists, you have a really strong antagonist cast with these god generals. You have Arietta the Wild, Largo, Dis, Legretta, Sink, Ash, and their leader, Van, who is Tyr's brother and Ash era, Luke's teacher. And each of them also have a really intricate and complex backstory and history to them that lead them to follow Van with everything they're doing and those are heart-wrenching and meaningful and crazy. Definitely. And I and like that's one of the main reasons why like before narrowing things down like I just kind of put as a broad statement the god generals mm-hmm. is because all of them are such nuanced characters where clearly like every RPG is going to mm-hmm. have that opposing faction, but there were definitely more than one opposing factions, but they were the main they were the main bulk of who Mm -hmm. you're up against and you see that they're not they're doing everything for their own personal reasons and like you said why they all follow van as Mm -hmm. as their leader and each of them has their own individual quirk and their backstories are crazy sinks especially like sinks and largos to me are two of the most interesting for sure uh i love how each of the generals is so closely tied to one of your party members. Like there's a very mm-hmm. um intimate close connection between each general and one of your characters and how that is reflected in the various confrontations you have and how that fleshes out. Right. The more you learn about the god generals on one front is the more you learn about each individual character in their own right. Mm-hmm. Like Annis and Arietta connect into one another. Uh, Natalia and Largo. Tyr and, of course, Van. It's... Dist and Jade, I think, were one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. that cre- <laughs> The science battles. The, just the, the battle of wits and everything like that. And just seeing their dichotomy with one another was very mm-hmm. interesting. Because Dis was his own crazy little character. Yeah. Oh, this the Reaper. I'm not the Reaper. How could somebody so beautiful be <laughs> like me be a Reaper? I'm yeah. this the road. Just hearing like the playful nature mm-hmm. still that can occur between enemies in this game is what it, it drives things home. Yeah. Um. So who is your main party member? Like your who is your go to party when you played this? Um. Or did you pretty regularly swap between? I definitely know that Natalia was not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know that for sure. Um, trying to think back, um, I want to say consistently when I had everybody, uh, Tear, Jade, and Guy. Yeah, like I liked Annis. 
and I, I swap between her here and there. Uh, I don't know what it was about Natalia. I just don't think her, the, that bow and arrow was that useful to me. Yeah. <laughs> in those crunches. Um, and Jade's magic was OP. And, okay, and also just the fact that Jade had to get Metroided <laughs> so early on. Well, I mean, that was crazy. the first time you meet him, he casts Indignation, which is like one of the strongest uh, like magical arts in the right. Tales series. He's like, pew, Indignation. It's like, what? I don't think I've ever seen that where a support character got Metroided, not just the main character. Yeah. It's like, I love oh. it, though. Dang, he's that strong that y'all have to just stop him right now <laughs> at the mm-hmm. beginning of the game. Okay. And I love how he explains it. It's like, oh, yeah, I just have to kind of, like, work out this seal, and then I'll be back up to full strength eventually. Just give me a while. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how they they explain it. And it's like, don't worry. Give me give me a while to level up. I got this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, the... I think the main reason, like I mentioned before, of having like having Jade in there mm-hmm. was having those FOF changes and creating those fields. Because yeah. um, every character could really utilize those for the most part. Mm-hmm. And just it was it was just overall fun finding out the different um, combo moves that you can find out with each character, and that that definitely made you want to switch out between characters a lot more instead of just Mm -hmm. sticking with the same with your same party members because after a certain point you're like okay i got all this down but what can they do together like that that would that's what made having these different characters work together so so fun Mm -hmm. yeah for me it was pretty much the same thing i loved i loved guy because i loved symphonia so much the idea of having another dual sword user was really attractive to me and he had a lot of the same moves like he had demon fang he had all those tail staple sword moves i want to say whereas luke had kind of newer moves like he would i can't remember but he would like punch and then blast you back or something it was like beast charge i want to say something Something like like that. that um so a lot of the times i would play as guy just because they were familiar I knew what those were. Plus, I love Johnny Young Bosch from his Power Ranger days and through oh yeah, through uh, Vash the Stampede and Trigun and Ichigo and Bleach, all those things. Like I'm a huge uh, Johnny Young Bosch fan, so playing as him. Plus, I oh, going on a little bit of a guy tangent right here. I love oh, yeah. his phobia. Granted, I love his like how he gets when girls get around him, and it's the total opposite of yeah. any other just female mm. quirk that you would see in anime and video games where you know you'll have that womanizer mm. but for once it's like oh hey ha, ha, you could stand back yeah i'm cool i'm it's, good off you like once you find out like why he's like that it's a lot more sad but like for a good portion of the game it's just kind of a, a running gag um and luckily once the girls do kind of figure it out and they don't play on it too much and you work through it but no, Guy's backstory and everything that goes through with that is crazy. But right. his you get there's some really good skits in this game involving Guy's uh girl phobia. Mm-hmm. Especially just like the little um the little intermittent cutscenes that happen where it's just quick dialogue between characters. Mm-hmm. The just skits. seeing those play off of one each other, that that those were always fun. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's one of the the fun parts of the Tales series are the kind of the funny zany skit things that regardless of how serious or dark the story might get those those little skits sprinkled throughout the gameplay just to add some levity really do help mm-hmm. it from and the fact going to the fact deep. that they are sprinkled is mm-hmm. what makes it fun because it yeah. doesn't have to be a full-blown cutscene or anything like that it's just mm-hmm. like you walk into an area oh here's something real quick and you could choose to activate it or not mm-hmm. that's the best part i love it yeah um and then you have the uh, sealed weapons that you can power up in subsequent playthroughs in this game. You have all the secret bosses. You have the um, all the different costumes. Like you can dress up as like Power Ranger esque Super Sentai esque characters with the different costumes. There was a lot of content in this game. I miss those days. PS2 JRPGs are golden era. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they sure. were they were fantastic. There were so many good fantastic games. Um, and so many of them you can't play anymore. That's why I'm really hoping, as for those of you listening to it in the future, uh, or when this releases, we are recording this the day before Sony's big um, PlayStation 5 reveal event after it got postponed. So we don't know what's going. You will, you listening to this right now will know more than we do currently. So I'm hoping that we are going to get something about backwards, something more about backwards compatibility tomorrow going back past like ps3 through ps1 days because we need some way to bring back or play ps2 games besides dusting off a ps2 if you have one or backwards compatible ps3 if Um, that still is living at this point for those who have it my god also for this game specifically on ps2 you need the one with the actual emotion engine in it because there's a problem in the emulation software on the somewhat backwards compatible PS3s that you cannot actually enter one of the story progression areas. So What? Yeah, I found this (laughs) out. I found this out on my original PS3 that I bought. Um, You couldn't get into the the, uh, Fabra Mansion. You couldn't, huh. it was just like the game would just freeze. So, and it was a problem with the emulation. So the only way you could play this was if you had a, a like a launch PS3 with the emotion engine in it that would let you actually play it. Early PS3 was a dark time. Uh, I God. Luckily, I last year, um, a retro import shop near me actually did get a really like brand not brand new but really nice launch model 60 gig so i picked that up so i have a, a hdmi ps2 basically right now <laughs> that uh i i is one of my gaming gems um i'm keeping that safe and sound but we just need a good way to play ps2 games honestly again. like there's a lot that's locked away on ps2 yeah like granted like Tales of the Abyss isn't one of them. Like, if you have a 3DS, you could still pick up a copy and play like that. But even that's still, like... that's a harder game to find, and it was never released on the Nintendo eShop. Uh, right. So it's this is one of it's getting rare to be able to play this easily. I feel I want to say I still have my original PS2 copy somewhere in a storage somewhere. 
Strange. If not, dang yeah. it. <laughs> Strange enough, you can get the PS2, and we'll talk about this a little later in our normal where to find it section, but both just quickly looking on Amazon right now, you can get either a brand new copy of um, Tales of the Abyss on PS2 or, P- or 3DS for $40. They're both $40. Amazon Prime. That's not bad. Honestly, it's not. That's not terrible. Yeah. No, it's not. I kind of want to get another one just to keep sealed. I thought that the... I had thought that the... um, The 3DS was a bit pricier. Because that that was an early 3DS uh, title. Oh, definitely. Within the first, what, two years? Yeah, year, year and a half. Something like that, so... Uh, I snag. I have. I still have my PS2 and 3DS copies complete, but yeah, kind of, kind of nuts, kind of nuts. Golden era, yeah. like I said, and it's still. It's also surprising to me that 3DS was the way that they brought it back instead yeah. of going the PS3 route like they did for um, the Symphonia Collection. So I'm like, I'm not. I'm not mad at it. Just confused. Just confused. I I kind of understand because Symphonia was such a big deal for this series. Um, Definitely. Even overseas in the West because Nintendo marketed the ever-living hell out of that game with the GameCube. Um, like I think Nintendo even helped publish Symphonia here in the West on GameCube. I want to say so. Um, it was like... Which that was, was like I said, that was my first one. Yeah, which I think is part of why we never got the PS2 version over here. Like Nintendo mm. claims some sort of rights. I think. Don't quote me on this, um, but I feel like I remember hearing that at, at some point. But it would make sense, considering the dominance that a uh, PS2 held for so mm-hmm. long, but. When you have Tales of Symphonia as a treasure on GameCube, and GameCube was an amazing system, but in comparison to the PS2 and then the eventual rise of Xbox, like mm-hmm. there were there were a select couple of gems on GameCube that you got a GameCube for, but it wasn't like there's a PS2 right there though. I could just play it on that. Yeah. Um, so. so good. So what was? Are there any particular moments that really stand out to you? Like, what are some of your favorite moments from Tales of the Abyss? Um, let me think. Definitely the the scene at the beginning that um went through for that reenactment. Just the mm-hmm. dynamic between, I think, any dynamic between Luke and Ash always sticks out to me just because you t- you can clearly see the two the two different people in the two different lives these two have shared mm-hmm. and you know how one was affected way more than the other because of this mm-hmm. um those stand out seeing tear like tears interactions with luke at the at the beginning of the game when they first when you first um, meet Tyr and you end up having a hyper resonance and teleport away, like despite Tyr clearly not giving a damn about Luke, promising just like I got your back, 
and I'll get you home safe. Yeah. Even though I fucked you're up. I'm sorry. My enemy. Yeah. I'll get and you. And her, her, I think that set a, a the whole tone for the game, mm-hmm. and kind of like com- in comparison to Luke's. I only care about me. Why am I in this situation? I didn't do anything. Just his just self his selfishness mm-hmm. as compared to seeing how Tear is completely taking responsibility for her mess up when she had no intention of getting you involved. Like yeah. that set a tone for the rest of the game for me. Where you see what kind of person Tear is. Mm-hmm. Um let's see what else. I loved uh, uh was when uh Ash or not Ash but Luke was oh what was the place that Luke tried to save and then fucked everything up was that Exeter Youth Exeter Youth yeah. um he was so sure that he was like doing this to save the world and he was going to be the chosen one and he was like all feeling High and mighty, and right, just like I'm the only one who could do this. I'ma set it right. I'ma save the world. I'ma be hero. Just all full of himself. Yeah, and then it goes so horribly wrong, and just that, it. He was, I didn't do anything. I didn't mean to. And then all of his friends being like, Luke, it's like, how how could you? Like, come on, man, this is ridiculous now. And just seeing. Uh, that was that was a very powerful powerful moment mm-hmm. for me because because um, it wasn't even like they were like you messed up it was yeah. the fact of take some ownership yeah stop blaming everybody else besides yourself yeah how are you gonna fix it what are you going to do um, mm-hmm. it wasn't me it was master van i yeah. just like i just I, did what he it, told it wasn't me my fault like it was just like that was just the epitome of everything yeah. you've learned about luke and then it just coming all into play on like yeah. you suck, dude. <laughs> yeah, he was using the "I was just following orders" excuse kind of thing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and that never goes over well. Like you never, whether World War Two or whatever, just never. You can't fall back behind orders when things are going so crazy like that. It's. Um, mm-hmm. And of course the hair cutting scene cuz you know shit's about to get super real in an anime or Japanese role playing game when the main character or one of the main characters cuts their hair. The winds of change will blow this bullshit away from me. Yeah. And this is my new start. And it it was a slow start cuz yeah. even after that it was nothing but a Luke pity party for a while uh-huh. where he just felt bad for himself and it's like all right dude we we see you're trying but eh. yeah. Nah. Especially Jade, like, I feel like that was when he really, like, pulled off. The gloves were off. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You super royally fucked up and whatever. I'm done with your sorry ass, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and even Annis, who up until that point, and we haven't really talked about Annis, how she just, she wanted to marry Luke because he was rich. <laughs> She's just a gold Yo. digger. It's so funny. Hey, be like that young girl. She 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 got powers and she's like, oh, you know, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. And but yeah, even she she was very much no like not for any of the bullshit either. Yeah, she was very straight to the point on just like, what are you doing, dude? Mm-hmm. Just like, really, this is who you are. Okay, I don't want anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. Even guy, one of his friend, like 
someone who he grew up with was like, I have no words. Yeah. If this is how you're acting. He's like, well, I, I've got nothing for you, dude. Yeah. Natalia, too. Like, she very much stuck out in the way of, like, of course, she knew Luke beforehand mm-hmm. and all that. And just seeing just like, you're not even the same person. Not even realizing. Yeah, kind of. Oh, but yeah. she was incredibly accurate. <laughs> mm-hmm. But just yeah, like you said, that the the part of with Xeriuth definitely was the the typical turning point in Tales where it's a good chunk of the way in, but mm-hmm. also this is now a real starting point for the storyline, yeah. I feel like. I wanna feel and like it has that like was like two a to three of those. Third in? Yeah. I don't feel like it wasn't the halfway point. It was before the halfway point, I feel. Yeah. Because um, the halfway point was like, isn't there like a month time skip or something like that? Yeah. It was, they go back or they stop Van or something, and then they're, Luke's back in uh, the capital. Also, mm-hmm. shout out to, I have always been in love with the name Kim Laska Lanvaldir. Like, I think that is right. such a good fucking fantasy name just I, th- <laughs> I love it i always love it i love saying kim laska lambaldir it's just so badass i just love exactly. it exactly and it's the fact that it's like you could just say kim laska but you know that's not the full name no. it's like you gotta say it all, with all of its regalness it's so mm. it's regal it's it's the perfect way to describe it it's just royal as fuck i love it, it and you know that there's just, like I've brought up, just different factions throughout the world. Is You've got you've got Kim Laska Lambledeer, you've got Doth, you've got Malkuth, you've got... Mm-hmm. Just, With just Emperor all the... Peony. Peony was a badass, let's, yeah. let's be real. Oh, he was. Peony was kind of a... He was a G. Like, when you first see him, you're like, oh, who's this laid-back dude who's totally in charge? And he's, uh-huh. he, you can feel that he is a leader. Yeah, I love how he gives um, Jade some crap. Like, he just messes with Jade a bit. That's what made it fun, yeah. was that you you knew that he was an emperor, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like, oh, you're an actual person. Neat. Like, I feel like I definitely enjoyed him way more than Luke's uncle, who was the king. Yeah. And, I don't know, this, this, all of Luke's family was kind of a bag of dicks in, at the end yeah. of the day. Because as you slowly find out what happens, and, like, getting into Luke's backstory, or not Luke, uh, Guy's backstory mm-hmm. on this, that resentment over time on why he felt that way. It mm-hmm. was, it was all interesting where it, this felt like a world with funny, fa- funny, wacky fantasy names, the end of the day. And this learning about the world's backstory of just like, oh yeah, the world's kind of in the sky, actually, because mm-hmm. underneath is nothing but poison. Yeah, poison ocean. That's weird. Where Tears from? <laughs> She's yeah. from Poison People Ocean. Who live land. there. I remember the first time I saw Peony. I thought, "Oh my God, it's Yggdrasil." Because up until that point, my main experience Ooh. with Tales <laughs> Tales series was Symphonia, where the main bad guy was this blonde-haired dude. And then I see a blonde-haired dude on an emperor seat, nonetheless. And it's like, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna betray me. You're, I'm gonna have this to. dude's a goddamn villain. I'm oh gonna no, have... you're actually really cool. Thanks, have... dude, bro, emperor. It's like, oh, you're not evil. I like you. I like that little uh, tassel thing you have in your hair. It's weird, but why not? Sure. 
Right. That's the fact that the Tales series goes off of all these Nordic names, too. Yeah. Like we got the Quythos and we have the Sephiroths, and I'm just like, Voth. ah, I know Sephiroth, and this ain't it, Chief, but I also now know what a Sephiroth actually is. Yeah, <laughs> it's a rank of angel, if I remember correctly. It's a rank of angel. I know in, I want to say Nordic mythology, it, they like they are mm-hmm. like Sephiroth, like Sephiroth trees, like pillars of light, mm-hmm. um, which also could be interchangeable with Quythoths, I want to say. But they lean into all of they that. Do. And yeah. It's definitely one of those things, like, if you don't pay attention for a good while, you're going to get confused because of all the funny names. But once you get it, you're like, okay, I yeah. got you. Okay, sure. Fun. That's where we're going with this, with this ride. Sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but then they'll throw other just totally made-up names in other games like Entelakea and Blastia at you. So it's a grab bag. Right. You never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're gonna get. And the church. And the church. Gotta say we gotta the church and the score is all it is just typical evil anime yeah. church stuff. Church is like, hiding oh, we... stuff. Church will mm-hmm. the church is gonna get you. We uh. have the church of Yulia or we have to make sure we all follow the score and this is the because all of knowing space song. Rocks. It's so the much. The score from the space rocks. You must know, and you must listen, and then Grandmaster Mose, who is evil Pope, but not Ion? Yeah. What was he? Grand Ma- like Grandmaster? Yeah, something like that. It was just like, we have to make sure we start this war, because it's what the score was written for. And it's like, but... But no. Yeah. It's, we it's have so to much and blow these we have to places these up. prophecies. Yeah. <laughs> Very prophecy heavy. Very prophecy heavy this this narrative is. It works though. It does. It works in the end. I love this game. It's it's fantastic. Um Oh, I'm trying to think. This is this game had for the cameo battles, it had um some characters from Tales of Eternia. It had Reed, Nanali, Phila, and Mint for the cameo battle. So those were pretty fun. Really? I didn't even know. I yeah. I had done some of those battles back in the day, but I hadn't any experience with Eternia or anything like that. So I yeah. actually didn't know that. That's yep. dope. Yep. Had some. Those are always so much fun when you get to play, uh, like fight against characters from other Tales games. Um, Mm -hmm. And the fact that these characters, it was like the first time they had ever been seen in 3D, too, was pretty sweet. Um, Did you ever play that, um, the PSP Tales of the World, Radiant Mythology? Yeah! was amazing. Yeah, buddy. God. I wish we got the other ones, or the the ones that came after the first one, because they were supposed to be a lot better, but at least we got the first one. Right. I know people give that game a lot of crap, but I'm like, nope, it was awesome. I will have none of this slander. Yeah. Yeah, there are better ones, but this is the one we got, and this is the one I love, so let me live my life. Definitely. Thank you for knowing about it. Yeah, it, it I, I have it. It, it validates me. Oh, yes. I own it. I own every English... I own every localized Tales game complete. And let me tell you, those PlayStation 1 games are fucking expensive. I believe you. I don't even want to look those up at all. Yeah. Oh, God. 
it's uh it's it's kind of gnarly 100 plus i believe 100 plus Jeez. for complete i don't want to look up how much tales of the world is but i'm scared tales of the world probably isn't that much okay Oof. Um, so i'm a psp i can go back and i don't know how many playthroughs i went of that that game was awesome yeah. oh yeah used it looks like is like 16 17 bucks oh for, for tales okay. of the world so yeah that's not bad um gonna be a random purchase soon yeah it looks like for disc only you're looking at about 17 if you want like sealed or complete you're looking at like 35 so yeah it's not bad that's fine yeah not bad you can't go disc only for a psp game at all you gotta yeah have that sucker all the way ready hell yeah hell yeah We aren't the only people that love Tales of the Abyss. We are going around the web. First up, we are going we are going to hear from user X16Zanagi from Reddit. My favorite moments are when Luke and Ash fight to settle who they are. Jade being Jade, and anything any moments involving Luke and Tyr. It used to baffle me when Ash refused Luke's offer to give his life back to him and he got mad at him for it. Then I realized that it figurative then I realized that it figuratively spitting in Ash's face in a sense. Jade is one of the most funniest Tales characters of all time. <laughs> that scene in Nam Kambanda Isle where you choose Jade as the one you care about the most and try to leave him behind. That dialogue is priceless. Luke and Tear hurts to watch Luke and Tear hurts to watch because you know they like each other and the party knows they like each other. Besides that, they have great chemistry, conversations, and are one of the f- of favorite Tales couples next to Asbel and Sharia and Emil and Martin. So, we got a we got a Jade fan, you know. Yes. Luke and Tear. Jade is awesome. He is. Like, this is bar none. Just Jade's dope. Yeah. He has a cool design. He's OP. You know his backstory is awesome and how pivotal he is mm-hmm. to everything that kind of takes place in the game. And also, he's just dope. Yeah. And he wears a Pac-Man belt. So. And he wears a Pac-Man belt. Not discredit. All right. And then next up, we have user Alpine Bug. Not to min- uh, not a moment per se, but the random comments by characters and NPCs solidifying the score's impact on Aldrin Citizen's mindset felt incredibly satisfying. Like how one says they chose their food according to the score. It details that you don't necessarily pay attention to in the first playthrough, but they really serve to make Abyss's superb world-building tangible. Yeah. I'm not saying it's just mm-hmm. like all those... The ch- the church's influence was very real. Mm-hmm. You got a very bit more of his uh, comment. For sure. Okay. Oh, and there's more. Uh, plus, again, with the tight world building, did I mention that I loved Aldrin? <laughs> the consequences of mass uh, replicating sudden overpopulation were mentioned. They were they were realistic, and I appreciated that. Also, the fact that Luke's uh, that Luke reacts to killing humans again a strong moment for realism. And finally, on an unrelated note, I will never not gush over the games, the games, the hard magic physics system. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I forgot completely. Forgot about that part with um, Luke in a in his real first battle, and he 
hesitated against one of those soldiers, mm-hmm. and Tyr had to step in, and she got injured because of it, because yeah. she was not decisive in that moment. Yeah, or like the first time Luke accidentally, well, not accidentally, but Luke stabs a guy charging at him mm-hmm. after the fact, and him kind of going crazy and kind of going into shock after that. That was that was a good moment. It just showed how sheltered from the world he was that when he actually had to protect himself and mm-hmm. fight people. It, he just didn't know what to do. It's crazy. Yeah. Good stuff. Very, very good. Alpine bug. Next up, we have user Alex Bogues from Reddit. Game design-wise, I love that Jade comes in like a super badass wrecking and then is brought down to your level to join your party by dist. Then it's explained that his leveling up is him breaking down the locked phone slots. What a great way to introduce an experienced character and not have them feel underpowered for their reputation. Also, the fact that Luke actually cares about killing humans in the video game. So many RPG characters are sheltered and coddled, and come out and just start slaying people like it's no problem. It really helps you start to get over how unlikable he is in the beginning. Literally what he we just talked is, about. Exactly. He still is very unlikable, but yes, yes. It, 100%. Um... And I completely agree with you, Alex Bogues, about how genius of a way they worked into the narrative that this legendary general, or this legendary colonel, this necromancer, why he's not just tearing everything up um, for most of the game with you, I thought was handled mm-hmm. brilliantly. Unlock them phone slots. Them phone slots. All right, and let's see, user NTMRKD1. The intro by Bump of Chicken, thank you, is still one of my favorite video game openings. Just remembering the opening notes and Luke diving down gives me chills. Another of my fondest memories is the time I saw the final episode of the anime on Japanese television when I was visiting back in 2016. I was in my hotel room and decided to explore Japanese TV one night and was filled with so, with so much happiness by seeing something familiar. That was actually the last Tales game I finished on 3DS, and I haven't been and I haven't been able to get back into the series since. Uh, Vesperia and Symphonia were great, and I was pleased that to see that Abyss was as well. But none of the others have managed to captivate me like those three. Yep, those um, are three like yeah. super gems of the series. Uh, Vesperia, Abyss, and Berseria are my three top, top games of the series, with Symphonia close second. Yeah, I'll say, yeah, definitely I want to say Abyss is is number one for me, mm-hmm. by far, and then, I never, I haven't played Vesperia, and I need to pick up that, Play Vesperia. Uh, report that came out for it. I know, I know, it's got a, but it has a good boy as a character, and I need to play it. It does. Um, do you have I a PS4? Say, I do. Did you know we could co-op Tales of Vesperia? Online? Yeah. Well, this is going to be happening soon. See, anyway. <laughs> I, I, we tried this, or I tried this with Mr. Alex O'Neill, um, and the PS4 has that share or remote play share function, so you yeah. can have someone join oh. your game as player two, and you can play as the second player. You, Bro, okay. You just set the awesome. other character as semi uh, semi auto or manual as the character. Boom. Well, this needs to happen. Yeah. 
You have to amazing. reset it like every hour because you can only share play for an hour. But that's fine. You just have one that's person. Fine, right. Yeah, you have one person for the first hour being first player slot. So doing like world map stuff and everything. And then the second hour, you swap. So you just keep going back and forth. You heard it here, folks. We're going to do something. That's dope. And do something. And really, you could do that with Berseria and Zesteria, too. <sighs> well, I'll be playing a lot more Tales games soon. God I need your, dang it, I, I need your PSN info, my friend. I, w I will send that to you. I got you. We got to weeb it up. We have to. We have to weeb it up. All right. And yeah, finally, good. from around the web, we have user Chris the Fields from Reddit. The moment that really resonated for me was a certain skit in the game. I don't remember exactly where it happens. It's a Luke solo skit. He's reflecting on how he needs to sacrifice himself to ensure the safety of the world. But at the same time, he realizes how he truly doesn't want to die. It's a little, it's a little sobering to see a JRPG protagonist have that kind of perspective. The impression I get from most is that they have this messiah outlook where they don't mind laying down their lives if it should ever come to that. I appreciate that Luke has more has a more dynamic perspective on the meaning of life. Something that even in a main in the main story gets challenged at multiple points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I was actually just talking to my brother about this earlier mm -hmm. where I like as you go through the storyline and kind of see Luke's perspective and just his outlook change, he definitely has the um <laughs> the Mewtwo effect as I like to say it <laughs> where there's the famous inspiring quote from the Pokemon the first movie of it doesn't matter the circumstances of your birth it's what you use is what you do with that mm -hmm. life that you're given and that's something that Luke slowly kind of learns throughout the game mm -hmm. where despite not being who he thought he was or just as you go throughout the game and him trying to come come to terms with who he is, what he is, and realizing what he can do. And he comes with that comes to that inevitable conclusion that I I have to do something even though I don't want to and I'm scared, mm -hmm. it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But he but overall he is scared. It's not like it's fine, I'll lay my life down. It's like, no, this is terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, it's good that he's not like, I have to do this to save everyone. He's like, I guess I do, but I really don't want to. Mm -hmm. Someone help. When initially he's like, I'm going to do this and be a hero, that completely changes after yeah. his fuck up. Yeah. Oh, um, oh, I think we have one more. Yep. Let me see. Okay, and so this one, last question, or last posting from uh, Planetarial. Uh, oh, man, I recently played this game back in January, so it's all fresh. Let's see. Uh, the meeting of all the leaders in Yulia City were guys about out ready to bust someone up for the fuck out of... For, uh, for what happened on Hod. Luke getting shit on for his massive fuck-up and realizing that he needs to change? Yup. Yup. Jade cornering this for information at the kettle. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> when Jade locks the, goes into the room with this, and all you hear is, "What are you doing?" No, like Jade is amazing. Jade yeah. is an awesome character. Jade is awesome. Yeah, let's see. 
and Luke speaks to Van at the end of the game, it doesn't matter if you accept me or not. Here I am, alive. <laughs> really, ca <laughs> really caps off the character's arc nicely. Yes. yes. Definitely, definitely. Let's see, and uh, the whole end of the game, really. Luke and Ash's final battle, Ash's final stand where he claim, where he reclaims his original name. No, your fight is with me, Ash. No, Luke, phone Faber, prepare to die. And the epilogue that's always makes me misty-eyed. Yes. So good. So we didn't talk about Ash like that, but Ash is also he, an amazing yeah. character. Yes. Um, just how he develops and kind of... Yeah, Ash is fantastic. Like, we could literally just spend an entire hour-long episode talking, an hour-plus episode talking about Ash. And how he's, like... Uh, I can't imagine, like, the shit he had to go through, like, not being able to go back home and seeing this replica live his life and... Right. Kind of working on the backs... On the inside. Yeah, we only get a little taste of this when... There is a point where we do play as Ash in the mm -hmm. game, and you just kind of see his dynamic with all the characters and Natalia going up to him and seeing, like, he kind of plays stuff off, but you can tell that he does legit care about her and he he misses her and all that. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's like, he can't, this is a good game, man. He just he knows he can't come back. Like, he is no longer... Luke, Luke von Fabro, which makes uh, to Planetarial's point um, where he reclaims his name um, before before everything that goes down happens. Um, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Makes it really powerful. But Definitely. thank you everybody who sent in all your fantastic memories. I really appreciate it. There were tons and tons of you. It's always good to see and read through your favorite memories and relive and just Go down memory lane with us and talk about the things you love about these games. So remember in the show notes, in the episode description, you'll be able to get links to all the forum posts so you can share your own memories with us. And I look forward to reading each and every one. But thank you, everyone, once again, that submitted. So let's say everything that you've heard is getting you very excited and you want to play some Tales of the Abyss yourself. Well, you are in luck. We are here to tell you a bit about where you can find your own copy of this fantastic title. Now, we touched on this a little earlier in the episode. The prices of Tales of the Abyss aren't that pricey and they're still fairly easy to find online. Both the Nintendo 3DS version and the PlayStation 2 copies, just loose price, so just the disc or cartridge will run you about $17 to $19. Uh, complete prices are around the $25 mark, and brand new copies are around the $35 to $40 mark for both the PS2 and 3DS versions, so really not that bad for Tales games. Um, At all. Yeah, it's really not that bad. I honestly was surprised how low they were compared to some of the other older games. So, right. You um, said that PS2 price. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. And be aware that both of these games, you will need the localized version of them as both the PS2 and the 3DS are not region free. Um, if you are playing them legitly, 
If you aren't, that's for you to figure out. But <laughs> <laughs> so you will need the correct region to play these versions. So so let's say you have found and grabbed yourself a copy of Tales of the Abyss, and you're kind of intimidated. Well, we are here, Darren and I, to give you some tips and advice to help you explore the world of Alterant. Darren, what tips would you give new players? So you kind of mentioned it um, when you mentioned the remote play um, feature, or, um, yeah, the remote play feature to play um, through Vesperia, but this is... This is just my own personal mistake, and this is what had kept me from beating Symphonia for a long time during a certain boss fight. Um, make sure that uh, you switch your character settings for any of your um, for any of your NPC party members. Make sure that is on auto, and not manual or semi-auto. Because I went through an entire year with having one of my characters semi-auto and just doing nothing <laughs> throughout the entire fight, and I just could not. Oh, I didn't damn. know what was going on. I stayed losing. It was frustrating. Took long breaks. And then I finally had just gone into the settings and saw what happened. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. As soon as I changed it, I beat that boss first try. I was like, wow. <laughs> there you go. It's easy mistake, but that is a j- just just a mistake that can it can happen and it will make things frustrating. Um, and also just, yeah. Watch your skills. Watch your skills. That's a big part. There you go. So you heard it here first, folks. Use all your characters in your party. Don't have one just sitting there. It's good. It's a good tip. It's a good tip. <laughs> uh, for mine is be sure to turn off lower level spells and hotkey, or set up shortcuts for important party for important archer skills for your party members to use. This was a a kind of not a discovery but a realization I came to. A couple years ago when I was replaying the series is there is no need unless you specifically want to once you have higher level elemental spells there's very little reason to have the lower versions on like turned on that the computer can use so just turn them off and really handpick what your AI is using and also take advantage of the shortcuts you can assign I believe to the right joystick uh, so you can tilt the joystick in any of the four directions, up, down, left, right, and it will cause your a specific AI companion to use a specific skill or art. This can help whether you want party-wide healing or uh, sharp for um, different party buffs, things like that. Big help, easy to do, really takes advantage of it to make your life a little easier. Definitely. Also, having AI as being great yeah. companions are important. Yes. Complete. Uh, for sure, for sure. And I totally was just thinking, Darren, what character did you and your brother use when you played through this game co-op? Like, what were you always player two or were you always player one? I was always player one because that's who I am. <laughs> um, but I want to say I for sure was always Luke and he played as Guy. Nice. So we both were on that sword, on that sword fighter front. Um, and like thinking about it after you kind of mentioned it on how Guy was very familiar to um, Lloyd from Symphonia, um, did notice that Luke very much had more of that 
of like a heavy swordsman type mm-hmm. battle style where he did use beast and stuff like that and it was kind of a mix of like guys attacks with his own different style mm-hmm. um and we definitely played off of that a lot nice good stuff. sword fighters are fun yes i agree We are on to one of my favorite parts of each episode, the monster or enemy of the week. Darren, what enemy did you pick to submit for your monster or enemy of the week? Um, I picked Largo the Lion, one of the six god generals. Um, Specifically Largo, just because, as we've discussed earlier... Um, I just found all of the six god generals very interesting. They're being their own characters. And Largo was one of the first ones that you really run into. And as the story goes on, you see these characters develop. And then he comes back with dope-ass mask after you think that he may have died, possibly. Um, You just see a little bit of upgrade Mm -hmm. in him. And also, story beat-wise, you learn little bit more about connections between him and natalia mm-hmm. that's sweet and also very sad at the same time yes so he just he just stuck out to me and also he had a giant scythe yeah so he's <laughs> badass as a character design he, he was cool like you could see what where he gets his title from and i would have saw him more as like uh, uh, largo the reaper than this mm-hmm. but that was its own funny thing that they had going on, on the side yeah you fight Largo a number of places during the game, but for this situation, we are ta- going to talk about his stats when you fight him on Mount Roneal with a couple of the other god generals. His HP will be at 32,000 for this encounter with a physical attack of 426. His physical defense will be at 489. His phonon attack or magic attack is at 336 and phonon defense at 348. Fortunately, you can't steal anything from him and he, for in terms of his weaknesses, he is weak to earth and fire, but strong against no. So be sure to hit him with all those spells, perhaps from our good buddy Jade. Definitely. This man is a tank. Yes. This man is a tank, and it's... I want to say I remember this fight, and it was him, I want to say, Sink, and... Was it Legretta, I want to say? It was a couple of them. I think Arietta. Was it Arietta? Okay. Yeah, and it's like, it was definitely a matter of, like, there was a lot happening in the fight mm-hmm. because there were so many characters. Um, but I do remember that he was always one that I wanted to take out first mm-hmm. just because of how tanky I knew he was. Yeah. So it's just like, got it, let's just take out this dude first so the other two will be quicker. But it was, yeah. yeah. Fun fight, fun fight. Yeah. I love how they made these characters their own team mm-hmm. so that even though you fought them alone a lot of the times when you they, they showed up in groups too mm-hmm. they had their own party that yeah. you had to fight against and I thought that was fun hitting you with their own mystic arts mm-hmm. god <laughs> mystic arts are cool they still are they're so good so good
Well, that is going to do it for another episode here on our at the RPG University. Darren, thank you so much for coming by and hanging out talking nerd with me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It put me down a rabbit hole to remember why I love this game. And also, dang it, Luke, I'm glad you grew because yeah. you sucked at the yeah. beginning, dude. Yeah, you did. He, uh, I'm glad he got his big boy pants and his big boy haircut. But For sure. Big boy, big boy haircuts with that nice anime knife haircut. Oh, yeah. That single stroke. Yep. And all it's it amazing. flying in the flowery night shot and everything during that anime scene so good right so good so So anime but yes it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on again on your own episode to talk about this fantastic game so where can people find you online what do you got cooking step on your soapbox let's uh plug yourself well you can find me anywhere at xx shadow kami xx um Mainly on Twitter, uh, as far as slowly getting things together so that I can start streaming a lot more over at my podcast, Rusty Rupees. So that's Rusty Rupees anywhere, um, twitch.tv slash Rusty Rupees, or Rusty Rupees with two Ys on Twitter, because Twitter's some hoes, and (laughs) I'm still trying to fight to get our original tag back, which I made, but something happened with the email. It's been a struggle, so that's literally been our tag the entire time. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we talk about video game news uh, recently. It's, It's still in the works, because some audio issues occurred um but we had a final fantasy a spoiler cast that scott here was a part of as well that is that will come out eventually <laughs> i make no guarantees when <laughs> dang it but um yeah talk about video game news excited for this ps5 stuff um to pop up and also um uh, we are an all black podcast so we did recently have our own kind of just real talk moments um regarding everything that's been going on so i feel that was a good episode it just we put our we put ourselves on the table and we still had it lighthearted enough to be stupid as we are so it's me and three of my friends at rusty rupees check us out we're a good time yes they're a bunch of great great guys check them out they make some fantastic content so be sure to give them follow a listen like all that jazz so but yes, everybody, we bring this episode to a close. Thank you to all of those who can are continuing to listen to here at the end. You've returned light to the crystals and unlocked a new job class. Be sure to rate and review us on your preferred podcast service, as each rating and review you leave will cause a leaf on the mantle tree to bloom, helping to restore the balance and save the world. Plus, I would just really appreciate it. Recently, with the last, uh, recently we've started a new aspect to RPG University called RPG University Live. So the day this comes out, be sure to stop by at Twitch.tv/slash Irrational Passions at around 8 p.m. Eastern to check out a live stream where I play some Tales of the Abyss. And if you're listening to, and if you're listening to this in the future, stop by YouTube.com/slash Irrational Passions to check out the archive of it. Who knows? Darren, if you'd like, feel free to call in and uh, chat about some more Tales of the Abyss with the good folks if you so choose. And anyone can do so as well. So, But yes, awesome. Good times. But if you have an RPG you would like us to talk about, tweet at IrrationalPod with the hashtag RPGU with what game you would like to hear us talk about. And if you would like to be a guest on RPG University as well. And until next time, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, be kind to each other. Class dismissed.